Hey guys, uh, welcome to TGS. We have a American. Side. Well, this is Dan. Hello. Uh, he came over for our TGS game shoot, and um, I'm going to take this opportunity to do a video with him on UK versus US traditions, customs, gun culture, shooting, sporting plays, game shooting, and hunting. Uh, and I'm going to do this all in an hour and 20 minutes because well, we spent a lot of time talking, and both of us don't really ever get to the point. So we've got an hour and 20 minutes starting now to keep us on pace. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so let's start. You've been here for a week and a half. What do yeah. you think? I love it. Yeah? Oh, I do. Uh, expectation versus reality, UK versus the UK you thought it was going to be? I, I, didn't, I didn't go in with too many expect, expectations. I was just going to let it, let it oh, roll. Let's go with like any culture shocks. That's an easier one. Well, only from the standpoint of dry, well, the whole driving thing. Yeah. The driving, the right-hand drive with on the left-hand side of the road, and that took a couple of days, but then I, I feel comfortable with it, but my fear is that I go back home and I'll wreck. And you'll smack your hand into the car trying to get to the gear stick. Exactly. Okay. So, um, culture shock, culture shock. Uh, not really. Everybody seems to be really polite, for the most part. I don't think I've run into anybody that's been cross. There's some great irony that actually we see that we there's sort of a stereotype that we think that Americans are significantly politer than us and you go over and everyone's really nice to you whereas here everyone just grunts at you and tells you to piss off not have the, had that happen apart from the gun yet. shop where you can only expect happiness okay sure <laughs> maybe a couple of drivers that uh, I, I've, the, the one thing in the states with, uh, with regards to the cars and stuff and, and driving pedestrians have the right of way I'm, as my old man used to say they could be dead right too because you walk in front of a car and the car doesn't stop in time, well, you, you got, you're you're losing, and um, uh, but here it seems like everybody does they, they, it's it's the survival instinct actually kicks in as opposed to as opposed to back in the states where they think they can just you know yeah and I think I mean our laws sort of state that if you get hit by a car it's probably the car's fault unless you can prove otherwise, however. I think people just don't want to get hurt. I think so too. Yeah, that's, I think that's quite a wise thing overall. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so to start, you started off your trip with a trip to the Sporting Clays ground with Dave. Yes. How does Sporting Clays weigh off one against the other? Because obviously, there's we talk about in all of our videos for guns for use on Sporting Clays. Now you went to a local club, uh, GNL Clays down in Gosport. Had it weigh up? Well, I'd call that quite a club level shoot. Right? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I liked it. Um, it's actually the first time I've run into what I call a club level shoot. Back home, I uh, run a. Uh, I'm the match director at our local our local club for sporting clays. But something about that. Well, I think you have a little bit more ground and more stuff because at, at our place we're kind of fixed and we have a sort of a linear setup. We have a line and we have throwers that just allow us to throw straight out. But then of course we have places like Hunting Hills and Nemecolon and places like that that are commercial that are Ooh, that's set up commercial. Where are you from? Uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, because obviously in America there's a huge there's massive cultural pockets around the place. And sure. Everything varies state to state, sort yeah. of, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah, you can probably correct me on that. Is that true? Is that right? Every state is kind of different, gun culture wise, oh, hunting culture wise. Oh uh, yeah, more more not as I, I, Probably not as much the as much the culture as as the laws. Okay. That's I mean the laws vary 
considerably in the states from state to state versus as i understand it here in england it's, it's pretty, pretty much, much it's, a, it's a national which is has positives and negatives certainly right. positives and negative connotations but sorry carry on but we do have we do have laws at the federal level like you with regards to firearms and things along those lines and then uh, in the in, in a state by state and even they can even have county and city level laws that that put potentially more restrictions on okay so back to the sporting clays um carry on sorry you were talking about you have your club but there's other clubs too that are a little bit more varied perhaps than yours uh, yeah and those are actually more commercial those are actually uh commercial venues they're mm -hmm. not uh, a, a club setup and it was nice to see a club setup over here um well, it'd be nice to see a commercial setup as well just to see well, how they much are kind of synonymous with them because they do compete a lot of yeah. the clubs that we have are restricted more by planning permission than anything else uh -huh. so that club would probably operate every day if it could but we're allowed 28 day or under 28 days of use before you need to get planning permission mm. and people can actually substantiate their noise claims right because obviously guns are noisy and people don't like that yeah and we have actually in west virginia we have a uh law that protects uh existing gun clubs from uh, uh litigation at least with regards to yeah the, that's uh, that's wise uh, to, to the sound unfortunately it doesn't i don't know protects us as much from other things that could occur but well, it's one of those things move close to a shooting club yeah. it's gonna be noise move close to a racetrack there's gonna be noise move close to an airport there are gonna be planes you know mm -hmm. i don't complain that my house isn't under a flyway but the planes do come out of over southampton airport and come over us you should get over it, don't you? All right. It's not the end of the world. All right. It happens. Um, difficulty level? Uh, for the most part, nothing seemed too difficult, although uh, arguably what I thought was one of the easiest stations. I only hit four out of eight, which just uh, floored me. And then the last station had a very high teal, incoming teal. Um, which scared the crap out of me when I saw it when somebody else was having to shoot it and I just guessed at it the first time and it worked and I managed to repeat it twice which usually that's my biggest problem yeah. is I, about the time you get to the third 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 uh, third set or fourth set the attention's third, gone and... or you just start overthinking it yeah it's like oh I gotta th I gotta try a little harder yeah. to, and mess it up you said something interesting to me before that you'd never even shot a driven clay is that just not a common thing over in America, I do. You said you never shot at driven targets before. That sort of overhead style. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, you don't see it too much. I think if you, if at least where I am, yeah. and understand that I do shoot a lot of clays, but I don't get around to a circuit. Yeah. I don't search. We all have our favorite grounds. Well, right? yeah. yeah, and I don't shoot registered matches. Although, if, you know, time, sometime in the future, if time permits, I would like to get into. A, a little bit of a competitive. You're not bad. Yeah, I'm. I'm all right. I can hold my own. I think yeah, most yeah. Time, most times. You must beat Dave, and Dave's all right. Yeah, yeah. I wish you'd beat. Dave. I, well, I wish I'd beat Dave too. I also wish I'd won the match, but. Uh, but not your gun. New ground. Two days after flying a load of miles, uh, jet lagged. Uh, it's not bad. You put yeah. in a decent score, mate. Yeah. You should be happy with that. Oh. Because Dave came second with two clays higher than you. That's yeah, impressive enough. Yeah. Four away from winnings. Right. You take yeah. that. Anyway, so clays are fairly on a level. Clays are clays are clay, apart from that your local grounds don't have many driven targets. Okay, yeah. Right. But I think a lot of that probably boils down to 
I mean, I don't know about you, but sort of the whole sporting concept was designed originally to sort of replicate the birds that you hunt for practice, right? right? And right. It's, it's, it's devolved from that and changed a lot and got into more complex targets. I think FITASC has a lot to do with that, and it's great, it's all great. Um, but I'm guessing since you don't have a huge driven hunting culture, driven, driven clays probably aren't something that you guys really Ex Exactly. Pretty much everything is walked up. I have seen, um, I was at one place where they were releasing the, releasing the birds out of a out of a house or something up on way up on top of a hill yeah. which i guess in a way could kind of simulate something but i mean that's that but again i tend to stay in my tend to stay in my area i haven't really ventured out too far and i know that uh some friends that move down to, you get into bigger bigger areas especially like um uh into kentucky near um University of Kentucky, I can't remember Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, seems like there's a lot more sporting clays. I mean, there's 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 clubs that have. How far is that from you? Five hours. All right, it's about five hours away. Yeah, you don't want to go down there for Sunday match, do you? Uh, no, no. But I've got friends to visit down there, so I yeah. can catch a match in in in, in that time. But um, yeah, it's just it's you find pockets of of, of popularity. But mm -hmm. there's almost not like you almost need to have forums. I mean, we have some forums that are out, yeah, yeah. out there, but I, I've not ventured into them. And it's just not, I don't think anything around us has a solid community. Whereas you get into some of these bigger areas where there's lots of people, yeah. it's sort of self fulfilling. In that sense, right. Isn't it? Uh, so let's go on to guns. But just clay guns for now. Okay. You, you obviously, as we all do when you're at a clay ground, add a little look at what other people were shooting, all this kind of thing. How does that compare? And you worked in a gun shop back home for sure. some time as well, so it's how does how does our clay sporting gun culture compare? Similar, uh, yeah, similar. Or you I, see think, more I think I think I think I tend to see nicer guns, yeah. nicer, nice, nicer over unders. When uh, back home, I don't see as many again, but that's in a small, yeah, yeah. small, small uh, 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 selection. Mm -hmm. But. Um, Typically, it's just it's it's, it's guns are, are for utility, and a lot of times most people don't want to. I don't think we'll put a lot of money into it. I mean, I think you run the same thing, and somebody wants to get into sporting clays yeah. over here, you don't need and they're to. they're maybe not like super well to do, and they can just throw money around as they will, um, like you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, uh, they'll just they'll buy something that they can pick up for you know, four or five hundred dollars, brand yeah. new. And go out and give it a give it a whirl now. Yeah, and, you, and you can do just almost just as well with something like that. You, know, you can get you can get eighty percent of the way to where you need to be with a cheap gun. Right. And even as I know, you have to spend a lot of money with a cheaper gun. Right. Right. So you need to spend a lot of money to get a good gun. Right. But there is a level, and I'm sure you probably agree, a threshold of which that you need to be buying into to be able to shoot uh, at that top level. That's a controversial yeah. subject, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think better guns are more expensive guns are better? Uh, I think they can be. I think it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, maybe race cars or something. Yeah. That you can that you need you need that extra little bit to to get you to the absolute top of your game. I don't know. But that extra little bit costs a bastard fortune. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's painful or like the same thing with 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 driving fast. I mean, you have to have a car. Uh, you know, you get to a certain speed and 
at that point, then you want to go 10 miles an hour faster. Instead of yeah. needing another 50 horsepower, and you need you another 200. Suddenly, the balance and the handling of the car come into play a lot more yes. at, inside of that 10 miles an hour, and so right. it becomes much more important. Yeah, I like that right. analogy. That works for me. If you like cars, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's all pretty similar, one way or another. Hunting. Let's talk about hunting. You also came on your first driven partridge shoot, or for, for any driven game shoot. Go on. Talk to me. Oh, that must have been. I, it was. It was. It was. It was. I loved it. It was a great time because I've seen plenty of of videos on YouTube and the like of 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 the different shoots. Yeah. Know, Dave Carey and um, other field sports. Field sports, of course. Yeah. And so yeah. And and it was it was great. And it was the uh, the thing that I was told is, well, I have a I have a competitive streak that I try to make sure I turn off. And it, it sometimes, it, and it, but this was really easy to do that. I mean, I was, I didn't hit nearly, I fired more shots than I wanted to fire for the number of birds that I hit. But I think everybody kind of does that. Oh, but yeah. you're there for the social aspect. And that's what you I, had to that's, kill everyone. That's I, 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 I enjoyed that just as much as the shooting aspect. Because you get, you know, I don't normally dress, as you can tell. I don't normally dress terribly spiffy if I, unless I, unless I have to. But, spiffy. but this gave me uh, an opportunity to dress up a little yeah. bit, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, everybody was really fun to be around. It was a great bunch of guys. Oh, really it was. lucky actually. Yes. Really lucky. Because it can make or break a day, right? The quality of the company, oh, yeah. as you can see, because it was so important. You spend all day with them, you do more talking than you do shooting. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I think by the time that that balance goes the other way, you're doing something terribly wrong. Right, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've Sorry, carry on. Um, but it was, I mean, it was something, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to see it on TV or on YouTube or what have you. But it's another thing to experience in person the the, the we're going back to the actual shooting aspect yeah. of of because again I've never done anything where the birds are coming right at me it's always been walked up and it's not been that many walked up I've been on one walked up pheasant hunt and one walked up chucker hunt once chuckers partridge, a partridge yeah. a slightly bigger Spanish partridge yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. but um, I mean it was there's just great time I, I just I don't know I'm, I'm not I'm not sometimes I'm not the most eloquent person now maybe if you had a, if you had a coffee here with some some of that special creamer or something like that or to to loosen me up a little bit but uh that could be arranged <laughs> <laughs> no I think that's sort of as long as you had a good time and that's that's what it's all about isn't it it's what I found is the more I shoot the the less perhaps it sounds strange the less i enjoy the videos of shooting because you it's it's good but it just makes me jealous like, i just won't be there yeah i just want to be there i want my actual feeling and it was a lot it was and and it's no and it's in the same in the same light as the other two hunts that i've been on bird hunts that i've been on it is a little bit humbling because you think oh hey you can you can you know usually in most most sporting clays courses you, you can keep yourself on the yeah, yeah. 80s 90s or what have you i mean i occasionally break into the 90s but usually i'm in the mid 80s or maybe low 80s or something but um it just doesn't translate as much as you would think i mean really hardly at all the base principles of how to mount a gun and shoot it obviously say the same but all of the drills that you put in place to be a good clay shot kind of go out the window 
pre potentially pre-mounting the gun right. or if there's some I know there's some competitions where they have you tuck your arm they, tuck it under yeah, your yeah. arm and things they can be still, augmented certainly yeah. um, it's a completely different subject it's not getting to that but yeah. they can be augmented I think so that you can keep of the bulk of them but you almost need to throw them out and then cherry pick the bits you want to build up as opposed to dressing yourself down because it doesn't it doesn't help not on a day like that anyway I think certainly on sort of tall birds and high birds it's just a similar because you can see it coming for a bit longer and you have that little bit more prep time but on those partridge which are like little missiles bursting over that hedge mm -hmm. and by the time you're on them they're behind you kind of thing it's, yeah that was a good day well actually now you now you mentioned it I've, I've been trying to think of how to set up at our club to be able to do something like that where it's just like all of a sudden pops up over and mm -hmm. I think now because I was struggling because I see all these some of the grounds, some of the sporting clays and training grounds mm -hmm. that are here in England where they got the great big towers where you can run 10 throwers up yeah, all at one really time. Handy. That's all. That's, that's, that, that's crazy. I'd love to see something like that here in the States. But, um, and I was been trying to think of that in my local club on how to, no, not do something like, not, not do that. My, our club but, doesn't have unlimited yeah. <laughs> resources, but uh, it would be fun to have something like that. And actually I might. You see it uh, sort of the more sort of, even club and more to on any end of the spectrum you just chuck a track behind a couple of fence panels and shoot them over the top and you get that same as long as it's close enough almost right. in a teal sort of thing you don't have that opportunity but uh, doing that kind of thing but when you said the hedge it made me think of something back it's one yeah, of the, yeah. one of the features that i never even thought of back at the club so thank you give me give me a, give me a, a good idea it. it's gonna be good um I don't really want to sort of talk about it on any sense, not because I, I don't know, probably might come across like I'm deriding it. But there's something fascinating in American culture that, as we've spoken about already, that just doesn't translate, and that is the put and take aspect of hunting that goes on in America. Obviously, I don't. It's only culturally that I find it really odd, and I don't want to sort of deride it because there's loads of people who do it, and I don't think there's anything wrong and I haven't tried it and as we've said if you don't try something you don't deserve an opinion like, until you've right. indulged or at least learned and that doesn't go for everything because right. there are certain things that are obviously just morally abject in life but I think certainly with anything sporting or hunt related or anything like that culturally you need to indulge and learn or else you will never truly be a well-rounded sportsman at least if anything else um, put and take hunting how do you feel about that firstly if you can explain how it works well, put and take as as your uh, uh, the term that you're using, and I understand is the um, where instead of having driven hunt, uh, driven hunt, or uh, we have a keeper Se that, that, semi wild, if you like. Yeah, they have a wild. These are these are kept birds to the point that they're uh, up to the point that they're released. But what what happens is um, uh, an outfit will go and buy the birds and take the birds out. In many cases, the morning before the hunt. Mm -hmm. uh, in some cases, maybe the evening before the hunt. And they will place the birds, and usually what they'll do is they'll do something of dizzying, something to dizzy the bird temporarily, just to kind just of... Just sort of, so it doesn't, it doesn't get up and fly off. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, it was, it actually, um, I, I think... You know, with with a little bit of with a little bit of work, some places could probably make it a little better and not be uh, too uh, run into too much added expense because of I mean, there's the, always the, going to be, isn't there? Because you're going to the more the longer they're out, the more losses you experience. Right, and then in that case, well, then you you, you put that in, you put the, potentially put that into your fees, 
for the for the uh, people for the mind spending more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I I know that on my first hunt that we literally one of the last birds, and I hate admitting this, but we literally had to kick the bird because they are uh, used to unwild. Yes, yeah. un unwild. Um, whereas, uh, you can go to certain areas where you can have much more literally wild walked yeah. up hunts because um, I've had a friend now, uh, Pat Bowen, uh, if you see this, um, has been trying to get me to go on a pilgrimage to South Dakota and, and drive up there to shoot, uh, I think, uh, limits five birds a day per hunter. But pheasants. You can, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, pheasants. And it's on uh, public land. Nice. And they actually, the, they... Uh, well, I refer to it as a DNR, Department of Natural Resources. They might have a different term for it, actually, in South Dakota. But they'll populate to a certain extent. It's the same, like, the same with fish. It's the same with fishing. We, 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 we populate our streams. I don't know if, if, if you we have... We stock them here. We have, yeah. um, I mean, they've got me with triploid fish now more than, more than anything. So sexually unviable fish. You're not sort of watering down the, mm -hmm. the natural thing. Um, no, no, sorry, continue. Actually, no, don't. Wait. I presume this is because you have to buy a license as a out-of-state visitor to hunt pheasants in South Dakota, or where does that money come from to release those birds in the first place? Well, it would come from all their all their hunting fees. Okay. Would uh, but would you do you have to pay a license for your five pheasant a day limit? Yeah, you would. You would have a license, and that's the other. That's the other thing that's that's. I think it's that's terribly confusing. Um, to somebody that, especially somebody from England, and I'm not sure about some of the other countries if they pretty much have, it's just all driven federally. Mm -hmm. And so there's just one set of rules. Every time you cross a, cross a state boundary, you've got a whole new set of rules. Yeah, especially around hunting and conservation, which is, oh, yeah. I think it's good because it at least allows you to deal with your area and your issues. Whereas in England, we kind of have a bit of an issue in terms of that blanket ruling, as I said, is that things that need to happen on a micro scale can't happen because you need to go through so much paperwork, for example, to get a license to kill cormorants, even though on a nat national scale, they might not be an issue. They kind of are in certain pockets, there's massive issues with them. So it's, I don't think, again, sorry, doesn't matter, continue. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, where were we, John? Help me out. The pheasants. Uh, the, really the, the pheasants in, in South Dakota. South Dakota, uh, Dakota South, sorry, yeah. Well, we went, um, that pilgrimage, but um, along the lines of, uh, your question regarding where does that money come from it comes from it comes from the fees that hunters pay um as i understand it uh, here it's there's no there's no governments that are helping to populate in most cases any kind of you imagine if any government agency in this country actually helped out shooting and hunting how would they be derided i mean it'd be brilliant mm -hmm. but i think it's going to be it would be a be a, certainly a real difficult one actually but in the states, um, we we you pay fees for certain levels of hunting yeah. or fishing privileges, and I mean it can it can vary quite a bit. Like in West Virginia, you can get a you can get a hunter you can get a uh, hunter's license, you can get a uh, fishing license, you can get a sports. How, how much are these things? Just um, I don't know. Well, it's probably around thirty five, forty dollars, maybe fifty as much as fifty dollars for a sportsman's license. And a sportsman's West, license is is everything. That, that's that's pretty much everything within limits. I mean, that's hunting, fishing, and trapping, although trapping's becoming, oh, cool. uh, becoming very, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a dying thing. It's, I don't think there's many people trapping much. These and that's, days. uh, popularity or pressure or? I would think it's, it's just, it's, it's an old, it's an old thing. You know, some traditions will 
tend to survive and others don't and yeah, this yeah. is something but then also i think with the with the you know people becoming a lot more uh sensitized to anything anything everything anything yeah and, and they might see this as being inhumane or something and again it's one of those things where you almost like you're talking about you almost have to experience it to um experience it to get it to get an to idea decide whether you actually agree with it or, or disagree with it yeah, yeah. um but back to the um, back to the to the licensing and i'll give you two really good examples i'll give you west virginia and then i'll give you my experience with kentucky mm -hmm. I've, like i said i have friends in yeah. kentucky that have owned some property i've got to hunt down there in the last four or five years um <clears throat> in west virginia you can hunt under that license you can hunt deer in archery season rifle season and primitive season with a valid tag yeah with 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 the license with with that with that license that you paid fifty dollars for but you need a tag for the deer as well or does that license just allow you to go and shoot well you can you have to tag them once you're done you have to put in a field tag and then you have to call in and Which give cost extra or not no 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 oh cool no no yeah that's all that's all covered you can buy extra tags because there's a limitation for example uh under that for deer you can you, bucks, can, you yeah. can take one you can take one deer in archery season you can take one in rifle season and the rifle season is only buck in this instance and you can take one in muzzleloader primitive, primitive yeah. but which means uh, shotgun with slug as well or uh no just muzzleloader yeah just a, just just a muzzleloader i mean shot, pretty... shotgun, shotgun with a slug would fall under rifle oh okay but um and with the exception of the rifle season the rifle season is buck only and those other two seasons you can take either you can take a doe or yeah. you can take a doe or a buck and you can buy additional tags for any of those seasons so once you've taken your one so your 50 bucks comes with a tag i take it so you or well, how do they know you're not lying it's on an honesty basis, it's, I guess. It's, 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 yeah. And the guy, everyone, I presume, kind of respects that as much yes, as I humanity would ever respect well, anything. Well, there, there is, and there's also people that are... Always we, have, we, have, yeah. we have our poachers, too, that don't yeah. don't pay for tags or have a tag or... Shoot on ground that just, they're not supposed to be shooting they, on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know anybody owned this. Everybody owns... Something. Yeah. Yeah. All properties owned by somebody. Well, I guess you, you know, I suppose it's viewed kind of differently because over here you can sell venison over, you can't sell oh, uh, venison yeah. in America. You cannot sell, America. you cannot wild sell venison. wild, wild venison. Like, uh, typically the, if you see deer sold, um, um, in, in a restaurant it's or something along those, it's farmed and it's usually, I think it's a red deer. I don't think it can be a white tail. I think it has to be like a red deer, like a stag. Yeah. But if, I don't know if white tail, a white tail a herd deer or like more solitary? Uh, Small family groups, supposed to herds, because farming generally goes with herds here. I've I've seen I've seen bigger herds around uh, farms. I mean, I've never. I, I know certainly if you go in into Ohio and some of the into the bigger farming areas, I think you do start seeing herds, and there is a, an issue with that. Um, um, look, look, I mean, the people stud, studying the the effects of that because. One of the things that we have over here that I don't believe you guys have uh, anything, something that's chronic wasting. CWD, yeah. yeah. chronic wasting disease. The first time I ever heard somebody in England say CWD. Yeah, it's funny. I, it's, yeah, yeah, I was Chinese water yeah, deer. Yeah. I was just like, so I was, I was taken back until I finally figured out what that was. But um, No, we're blessed that we don't have it currently. Or but possibly but, never, hopefully. But 
part of the part of the thing that they see is is when you get these big herds and you get too many of them together, it's unnatural and it causes it's the, a pool, it causes it, it yeah. causes it to spread. Yeah, sniffing, licking, and yeah, generally commute, spreading it. Right. Right. Um, I listened to a thing and they're saying that the first thing they do when they find CWD is go and kill eighty percent of the deer in the area, and that usually sort of nips it in the bud properly because then it can no longer spread. There's I've I've heard various things on the CWD uh, issue because there's, there's is there's it a big both, issue? Well, I guess it's not a big issue so long as people don't have, start having. It doesn't start actually affecting humans by consuming consuming the meat. But I think has it yet? I don't think it has. <clears throat> there, it hasn't. But it, but is it a, hasn't. It's but it's a it's, 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 it's a protein it's a, based. Yeah, and, but yeah. it's a concern. So they tend to tell you to stay away from the. Stay away from the spine and the and usually. So you would eat a CWD dick. Well, we don't have. We don't have a check of it, because I, okay. I think I've. Can seen, you get it checked? Oh, I suppose at that point the carcass is probably long gone anyway. Well, I believe you could, because I don't see why that would be any different than. It would just be a lot of extra expense, and I guess it's kind of one of these things. Do you want, are you willing to take the take the risk if there well, if no, there yeah. is a risk yeah. if there actually is any issue. With eating meat, we eat you don't want to be the one to find out. That's for sure, right? Well, you know, I'm willing to bet you that probably a lot of us probably that may have eaten something that might have been in the early stages Possibly. because you can't tell yeah. unless you literally have them checked out. And I don't know, I don't know how early on in the disease it can be detected. I know that I've seen, or I've seen some videos like maybe it was Germany or... There's a zombie deer video from America of a really badly, a bad case of one. Well, they walk in circles or do other other weird things. Um, But uh, I think there's some countries in Eastern Europe or someplace like that where they'll actually take the head or something. And send something off, I guess. And send something off and then they get clearance to say, yeah, that one's okay. And then you go ahead and proceed with actually eating the meat, but at that point you probably you probably still already paid for the processing, and you and you pay for that. That's other a cultural difference. You pay to have your deer processed a lot in America, quite a bit. But yeah. it boils down to the same kind of the same thing is that I don't want to say we're lazy, but you know we want to be well, that, as efficient that, as possible. Well, that facility's want to be efficient. there as well. Though. Well, that's that, true. That facility's there. You use it, whereas <laughs> over here it's very difficult to get it. Well, you can't. It does exist. The, it's it's expensive and hard, so most people well, do it themselves. And it's and it's not and it's definitely not cheap. Um, I have a Say hard, inconvenient to drop it off in this country to anyone who do it. Um, we're usually probably in the range of about eighty to ninety dollars to have one processed, regardless of the size of it. Not too bad, I suppose. No, but then at the same time, you a few also, hours of your life that you well, could do it. Well, yeah, you could do it yourself, and then also the thing is, it's like you want to be selective. You don't want to see shoot the first like yearling that comes along although the meat might be actually better. that much better there is less quantity there's a lot less quantity so then then you might get to a point where well in my case i'm lucky i've got a good friend that's he, he's he's a very well-rounded person and one among other things he butchers so, yeah. so, so i take it there's a trade-off there i expect yeah. well yeah. yeah yeah no no in terms of i expect you owe him a few favors in return oh sure yeah. of course <laughs> which is no bad thing which is no bad thing all right um Right. Oh, I'm sorry. We, let's go. Let's roll back. Yeah, let's roll back just fine. a little bit. To, yeah, let's roll back to the to differences in, in the things. So, so on this, on this, on this sportsman's license in West. That's Virginia, what I was thinking. The sportsman's, yeah, sportsman's license in West Virginia. This is usually the thing I'm the worst about. Remember, yeah. I told you about yeah. dangents. Yeah, dangents. Yeah. Uh, I usually can't come back from one of them. Um, but 
so you you kind of got a feel for what it for what it costs now and usually if it's if if you're a non-resident you pay more money that's yeah. a, that's a given that's a given in every state if i go to kentucky I'll pay more. probably rightfully so you know because or else there's going to be price differences and book quality differences and hunting quality differences and you want to put people off from coming from next door to hunt all your bucks because your bucks are better and, and then and then and then what happens is that you, they, they, and then depletes that depletes and then you're going to have to go back there and, right i mean i find it fascinating that people don't completely abuse a public resource anyway um, no there's a lot of schemes and stuff in place to try and educate hunters not to just shoot every buck they see well in, but, in some cases there's a there's a lot of public hunting and there's a lot of public hunting available and everyone um, wants a big buck and everybody wants a big buck but then there's also the thing that's always scared me is you go into onto public you can go onto any land and have and be at some kind of risk but you go onto public land you have no clue who's out there and we get into the blaze orange things yeah. hopefully and everybody's wearing blaze orange and people aren't shooting at the first thing that moves but it, well, that kind a great of thing does happen. Like, because actually over here we don't wear orange you're not allowed on other people's land anyway. We don't have public land. So when you're shooting, you're generally on private land. There shouldn't be anyone about. Nobody wears orange or anything like that. And yet we are so very, very stringent on backstops. And we have this ins insanely good safety culture around rifles because we live in quite a densely populated place that you have to have a super safe backstop. You wouldn't even consider shooting if there wasn't. I mean, so to us, I mean, as a culture, it's always amusing that other countries perhaps not in driven hunting countries because there's a slightly or certainly driven large game right, countries right. There's, there's, there's a difference there isn't there because there is beaters and there's people and you're expecting people to be out there but it's sort of amazing to me that you would even consider shooting something without a solid backstop in the first place let alone worry that somebody was sat in the bush behind what you're about to smack but I guess that's just a I don't know well, and it depends on another if, cultural difference. Well, if you're doing if you're doing stalking versus a, a lot of the hunting, especially early on, at least in my neck of the woods, um, is, is stand hunting. Tree stands. Yeah, tree yeah. stands. So you're up in tree stands. So I mean, you've got the advantage of elevation. So you could you're all you should you're, have you're, a you're creating backstop. a backstop as opposed to if you're laying, you're on the ground and you're looking for literally and you're a hoping hillside. there's some low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I'm gonna I got us off on the wrong uh, in, in the wrong direction. Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky. D the difference in Kentucky. Oh, we were, that, we that were even at the pilgrimage to South Dakota, wasn't it? But we were talking about the differences in the licensing. Yes, sorry. That's that's Because yeah. I think we got away uh, from the we, South Dakota yeah, thing. I didn't even on. finish that. So, okay. sorry. We're talking about licensing. Right. That's right. Um, but in Kentucky, um, you can buy you buy a hunting license. The hunting license... Oh, let me let me get back to West Virginia real quick. <laughs> you also, I'm sorry. But yeah, no, go uh, Real quick. Yeah, West Virginia, bucks, West, and, and, so, and yeah. West Virginia, that also allows you to turkey hunt both in the spring and in the fall. And there's a bag limit on turkeys. Yes, uh, it's. I think I believe it's one in each season, if I'm not mistaken. And spring is gobbler only. And you can buy and, tags and, in not. the fall. Uh, you you do not have to buy a tag. No, but can you it's, buy extras? Um, if you can, it might be one. Okay. It won't. Again, okay. that's just again not about abusing right. Right. the resource, using a fair. But but all that's covered. Like now, if you're doing bear or boar, that doesn't cover. That's those are the few those are the few things that aren't covered at some level under the general, yeah. uh, general uh, sportsman's, sportsman's license. license. Kentucky. So bear is a separate tag altogether. Yes. It and is. boar. Yes, we have some boar. Like wild boar. Yeah, yeah. Actual it, wild boar, or feral yeah. hogs. Oh, uh, I've never hunted them, so I, 
I just know that we have a season for them, and it's down in this about four counties down in the uh, southern part yeah. of the state. But um, interesting. Uh, I, I don't honestly know the. Uh, I, All right, let's well, go back. Yeah. Let's count that. Okay. Oh, so, so Kentucky, as a non-resident, and you have to take this for what it's worth because of the fact that uh, we, like we said the resident fees and non-resident fees differ considerably. But in Kentucky, and it'd be this, but this this part isn't is the same regardless of whether you're resident yep. or non-resident. You get a hunting license. You can't hunt deer on it. You can't hunt turkey on it. I'm pretty sure you can't hunt bear on it. I haven't looked into it, but I'm pretty sure if you haven't, can't yeah. hunt the other two, you can't. You have to buy separate permits. So what does the license cover you? Or is that just like, that's your base? That's, well, you that's, have to that's have your... that to buy the tag. Squirrels and rabbits, I think, is about, is about what you, yeah, what you, what you get. Some good fun to be had with yeah, squirrels and rabbits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, still, like as a non-resident, I pay $120, I think. To shoot squirrels and rabbits? To shoot squirrels and rabbits, yeah. That's all right. Um, if I want to get a turkey stamp I, as a non-resident, I believe it's $50. Okay. Um, and then there's the deer permit. Now, they recently changed it because they used to break it up, and it was kind of silly because it was like, oh, if you pay $120, you, get two, you can shoot two deer. And then if you pay this extra $10 fee, you can shoot two more deer. Why not just put them, put them the feet together and just say, you can shoot four deer. But in their case, um, that four deer, you can actually shoot in any of the seasons. Whereas ours, there's some limitations. You can buy some extra things, but there's only so many that you can shoot. Like in rifle season, the, the most, the, in rifle season, the most bucks you can kill would be two. In rifle season. Mm -hmm. Now, actually, but in Kentucky, though, you can kill four deer, but you can only kill one buck a season. And that's another thing that's a big, that's okay. a big thing that jumps around and the quality of the deer, and especially when you're looking for, looking for bucks and stuff. That, I presume that's changeable on season. If they did a survey and they go, crap, man, we've got twice as so many bucks as does, they'll change that to kill. That is flexible. Yeah, yeah. And there, there is a board that actually takes this into account. Yes. Do you yes. have a lot of deer? Like, in my head. So, for example, if you opened up any area in this country for public hunting, mm -hmm. let's say the New Forest, for example. We're close to the New Forest. If you said to everyone, all right, you can go shoot that now. All it's going to cost you is 50 bucks for a hunting license. There'd be very little deer left. Um, I think, you, I mean, you'd have to ban the sale of wild venison. Or else somebody would just go out and kill them all because it'd be worth a lot of money. But I think even then, it's got to be, in my head, there is not a lot of deer. Whereas here, currently, we have a massive overpopulation of deer nationwide, mm -hmm. or certainly locally. Mm -hmm. Is there a lot of deer? What's the success rate? What's the chance of seeing a deer, let alone killing one? Let's go with that. More days, I've, I see deer than I don't, but sometimes it's not, you know, I'm not looking for a doe yeah. today, I'm looking for a buck. But... It's kind of funny. That's, that's stalking it. Yeah, yeah. Shooting it. But it's it's kind of funny though that we have, like I said, these things where things things might overlap, or that you have uh, so many deer that you can take, and I'm like, well, you know, it's it's there. It's not going to really disturb anything because I've shot, I've shot a deer standing right next to another deer, and it just kind of like, yeah. And then they, other they, times, other times they'll take right off. Yeah, well, they don't read a textbook. Is what we say. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they don't know what they're supposed to do. They haven't been told. Right. Um, 
of, 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 of a shooting day purely based on the fact that nothing is ever the same yeah, yeah. and you say you can shoot one and the rest will stand or you can shoot one and everything will run and then within two minutes they'll come back out into the field mm-hmm. there's no there's no set rules is it? it's just yeah. wildlife involvement right yeah. But we have a lot of we have a lot of private. I mean, there's a lot of private property. Like you, yeah. that's all you basically have really here. So you, there is deer strongholds potentially. It's not like everything is a free for all. Not that I figured it was, but no. Generally, there is people who guard the resource for the betterment of deer. I presume. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, ethical ethical sportsmen, and then and then obviously the DNR. Uh, there has been some arguments because of money. Yeah. Of course, with regards to, you know, if if they were to take away, like, currently in West Virginia, you can kill as many as three bucks. If you get all the tags and everything, you can kill as many as three bucks in one season and a total of eight deer. So it'd be three bucks and, and five does. That's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. Now, I don't know too many people that are going to be out in the wood that can dedicate that much time or are going to be that yeah. lucky to be able to just be knocking them down I mean, it's, like on that level. There's some kind of great thing there that... Eight deer is considered a lot of deer to shoot in a year for you. Yes, that's that's an insane amount. Um, four, I think, is the most I've ever killed in a season. You want to know how many deer I've killed this year? Then it, that kind of, that's, that is a huge cultural divide, actually. Well, um, I, I don't have a problem with that. If I could shoot a de- if if I was legally allowed to shoot a deer every week and I could use the meat, yeah, why not? Well, a lot well, of but, we we sell meat and there's a lot more deer management that goes on here because. Well, I, I, we say deer management, not in terms of herd management, but in terms of deer control. Right. Deer management. There's a lot of deer control that goes on here. So, you know, there's bits of ground that, that we go out on where the game is to take as many as possible because you could try to kill as many as you can uh-huh. and it'll probably never be enough. Yeah. You know, there's estates, plenty of estates around here who'll be killing 400 a year out of, you know, for 3,000 acre estate. And there's a lot of it. And that would be one bloke doing that. That's hard work. Now, is that, is, um, that, is, is that run the gambit? Is that, is that muntjac and roe deer and fallow? A lot of that will just be fallow around here. Like, okay. like that is a, as a, I would say, say a problem species, but because they're a herding species, mm-hmm. if the herd moves, you can't shoot them. Right. Um, and they, they are notoriously harder to shoot than anything else because instead of shooting a roe, we're a bit thick. Shooting a muntjac, muntjac are more solitary. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are stalking fallow, you've got Lots of eyes. A lot looking. of eyes, a lot of ears, yes. a lot of outliers, and it's not, none of it's purple. It's a bit like red deer, but we don't have that many reds around here. You know, there's outliers from the herd as well, so you'll be stalking in to try and get a shot, and they'll be all sat in a bush. So there's, there, it's a different sort of thing. I don't know how I went off on that little tangent, but yeah, no, I think that's a cultural thing, is that here, uh, if you shoot single-figure deer, you're considered a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. I don't know there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with shooting single-figure deer a year at all. Shooting the, what you can use is absolutely fine. But the professionals will view you as a hobbyist for shooting single-figure deer a year. So shooting eight a year and thinking that's like a lot, I don't think there's anything wrong with I'm not knocking it, but that it culturally is a massive difference. Well, I guess the other thing um, I'm wondering, because I, I don't know, I haven't looked into this, um, I take it, the, I take it the, the fallow deer around mm-hmm. here are the biggest-bodied of the, of the, of the yeah, I mean, we do have reds on the forest, um, but not that many people shoot them because well, there's not a lot of opportunity to more than anything. And it's not a huge population either. It's mm-hmm. quite a, a set population. But yeah, fallow are, are the biggest. And what, what would you say that, that those, what, what would those typically, like a, a, a fairly nice one, a fairly nice one that you're, that you're gathering, not saying you're not necessarily shooting one for, for being a, a trophy deer. A, a nice meat weight fallow yeah. doe. Yeah. 
70 pound dressed out yeah 70 pound dressed okay. out that's that's kind of probably I'm, I'm, I mean from my perspective that's probably on the a little bit on the lower end of the yeah. white tail at least the white oh, that's tail, a good eating but, one but, but you but, can get them go up you know you can shoot a, a follow up away and it well, it was a hundred, hundred and ten pound dress. Mm -hmm. they, they can get big. Well, and the does can match that as well. Right, rarer. Uh huh. And well, I mean, and, and it varies too. It depends on how picky you are and what part of the country you're in, because there's different subspecies. Um, uh, but I know that my friend Bill, who has the property in Kentucky, uh, one of the last ones, big ones that he shot. I mean, it just looked like it looked like small cow with antlers. I mean, it was huge. It probably. I'm going to guess it probably dressed out at 250. Oh my God. So, I mean, it was a really big deer. Now, I mean, you shoot, get... shoot big reds, big reds will weigh in at the same yeah. time quite happily, but yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, uh, short of, I mean, I mean, you start getting Just out huge. into these places, you get into the right places where there's agriculture and then you get, you got the management feed, where the people, management, yeah, everything, yeah. The, the, yeah. the trifecta comes yeah. together and you know, I know genetics don't have a huge part to play, but there is a good gene pool of good, strong animals. Right. Yeah, you can. Like the same with fallow, you can get some massive fallow. So, but if you're, but if you're averaging, but uh, let's say though, if you shoot four deer, yeah, that weigh out, you know, hundred, you know, hundred pound, hundred, hundred, hundred and fifty, somewhere between, you know, hundred and fifty that kind of weight, then that's you could, that's how that's well as compared to let's say if you're shooting muntjac, muntjac. Uh, <laughs> Which you could eat but, a muntjac in a day if yeah. you worked hard at it. That's a bit harsh, but yeah, you know, what, what's a muntjac? Of actual clean meat that you're going to eat? Maybe five kilos. Okay. Ten kilos. Okay. That push. Yeah. There, pretty, there, there. pretty small little rascal. Yeah, a little rat, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you shoot a nice row, a nice row, going to be 15 kilos of meat, something like that. Okay. So you can eat a lot of row. row yeah, yeah. 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 Again. But there's the, uh, but there's, there's the, the, yeah. but then your restriction. I mean, the, the the also the other thing is, you have deer hunting of some sort year round here in England. Yeah, fortunately, we have a window, and and again, it varies. I suppose it's the control, it, it varies, the ultimate control, it, it, isn't it? it, it, it is yeah. if you can only kill them for two weeks, you can only kill so many. Well, I mean, bow season starts at the beginning of October and ends at the end of the year. Nice. So in theory, you've got three months. But you got, a bow is a harder thing to shoot with. Oh, much, yeah. much, yeah. Generally speaking, I mean, there's guys that can take shots over, you know, there's guys that take shots 40 or 40. Well, yeah, and we talked a little bit about that and what, like what my thoughts, what my thoughts on it, yeah, on my thoughts on yeah, yeah. bow shots. It's it's just like, well, and I'm talking about not not as much, I'm talking about more like a compound bow, an upright bow, yeah, as uh, opposed to a crossbow. I mean, that's when, when we think about bows only, that's... Right, yeah. right. Campaigns um, is still and, to think about. But tip, but typically, you know, you know, you're still talking about forty yards. But there's a, there's a there's a lot more yeah. there's a lot more skill to that. So the success rate is a lot lower because one, you have to get them in to that range as well, opposed you to you have to get them, into that range. You have yeah. to close that distance right, somehow, right. and then you've got to make the shot. Right, and t well, now typically though, bow hunters don't stock. There are some that that do and can have some success, but by and large, it's stand hunting. Stand with, and a, with bait stations, or you, with a bait station, or you just go over a highway and hope for hope they walk underneath. Well, uh, that's another thing of where the laws differ because in certain states, baiting you can hunt over bait. In certain states, you can't hunt over bait, but you can put bait out. It's it's. I mean, we so have you can such... pull the bait in the morning and stand so the deer are coming. Going, Where's the dinner? 
But, but I mean, it's, it's the same thing. There's other things. There's other, like uh, uh, a drive. We do. We have done drives. Mm-hmm. As far as I remember, they've always been legal in West Virginia. And you, it's where you get a certain number of guys going along in the same direction, and they're pushing something in, and you have a yeah. guy standing off here to the side, or maybe another guy oh, off and to stands the side. up the other side. Yeah, we, yeah. we kind of we don't we don't drive them. We do fallow moves, right. and sort of is one of the best control methods for fallow is to move them. So you right. you have high seats and you have stalkers, um, and the stalkers will move the fallow while stalking, mm-hmm. and the guys in the high seats will shoot fallow as they come through. Well, that's 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 more uh, that's that's maybe a better 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 way of yeah. better way of describing it because um, it's not like you're not purposefully getting them to come through, and you're not r- r- yeah. Franz Albrechting them. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, no, no. We don't. Uh, we, I don't think we. I don't think we have too many people that are on his, uh, on his level. Yeah, we'd all be that good if we grew up with it. No, uh, that's yeah. half. He is a natural talent. Oh, yeah. he is. Um, but in some states, that's perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. In other states, it's completely illegal. If you watch some of the some of the, uh, 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 I can't think of the name of the name of the uh, video or the TV show, uh, Northwoods Law. There, there's this thing mm-hmm. up in up in the Northeast where they follow. Um, it follows some conservation officers along yeah. and stuff, and you know you get to learn some of the laws as it pertains to that area. And drives are illegal, but they also have a definition of a drive. A drive right. is if you have more than two guys doing what we described. Doing the moving. Yes, if yeah. you only have two, it's not considered a drive. If you have three people with a, with a somebody sitting on a stand or whatever, that's 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 becomes a drive and that's illegal. And that's also another state where, and you know the thing of baiting. Like if you take apples from an apple tree and you put them someplace unnatural, in some states that's perfectly fine. In other states, it's totally illegal. But you could but, sit next to the apple tree. Yes, and as long as they're dropping right Hence, there. Hence, I guess you you guys have a much different uh, a different approach. Is that you will plant deer crops? Right, uh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Plant fall deer. Yeah. Uh, as an attractant because it's against it because it's not against the law. Right. 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 And, um, and and the more deer on your ground, the less deer on someone else's. So. Right. Or you, yeah, you can. Well, you can kind of figure out what the. Well, you are. I guess in a way, you're artificially. Well, it's the same thing with any kind of feeder. Whether you have a corn feeder that you know, they hear the dinner bell when they hear yeah. the thing spinning around and it's throwing throwing stuff out. And, um, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of places where they'll put a lot of effort into. It's 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 almost like a it's it's a farming type affair getting the the crops for the deer. Do people sell stalking or hunting then in those places, I guess? There has to be, is there, like here, can you say, I want to shoot a gold medal whitetail, have you got one? And they'll go, yeah, come shoot my gold medal whitetail. Is that why they, people manage them or is that not a thing? Like over here, if you want to shoot a gold medal row, give someone 1,200 quid if they've got one and they'll take you to shoot it. I think generally speaking, I guess it depends on the size and the, size and the effort and what your, what your real motivations are. Sorry, Sasha. I think I just moved the. Uh, <laughs> not tapping my feet either. Um, uh, it it kind of all depends on what the motivation is. A lot of times, people just do it for the, the do it totally for themselves or for their friends for or what have you. And it's just it's just it's just the it's, the it's the expense of it's just the expense of enjoying of that pastime. Yeah. And if you probably boil it down, it's probably reasonably priced sport at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially if you've already got, you know, if you're already a farmer or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, a few acres got, here or there is not going to make that much of a difference. Yes, yeah. but then on the other hand, if you have enough property and you put the extra time in to do that management and you can, you spend the time, you really spend the time 
and that ends up becoming your motivation but then that then you know that that can occur that can, i mean that, that can definitely occur and it it does i mean because money's always a motivator isn't it oh, yeah yeah so there's a a lot of the reason we have such quality deer management in this country is the money that goes alongside it if if a buck weren't worth what a buck was worth you wouldn't have any good ones because okay. there would there wouldn't be any any benefit to it apart from for the health of the deer and for the beauty of it and for the positivity of nature mm-hmm. and yeah that has value but not as much as actual cold hard cash okay. right let's get off this subject because time is ticking we've got half an hour left okay, okay. Um, sorry let's talk about guns um because obviously we have very different gun cultures and gun laws and we probably should have talked about for the most part instead of deer and shooting and that although that's probably more our passion uh, probably equally so certainly uh, to the gun aspect you're allowed machine guns in most states we're allowed machine guns if you are you in your state you're allowed machine guns yes cool we are, we are what's allowed. it like to own a machine gun it's kind of funny. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun early on for yourself. Yeah. But as one of the first uh, other machine gun owners that I ran across and, and conversed with, uh, I've gotten to the point where he what he was describing, which is as you go along, you get more enjoyment out of watching that, taking somebody first, out that first reaction. That, yeah. So taking someone out stalking, taking someone out on their first party right. as we did, and watching everyone's enjoyment gave me as much enjoyment as doing it yourself. Right? Yeah. Apart from the fact you go you know pay for that ammo as there. Yeah. <laughs> and usually I is usually I'll take you know, if, if I take somebody out in that case so I'm kind of outing myself for yes, I do own a machine gun. Um Do uh, you I, feel hey, uh, let's take a quick thing here, okay. Hey, how do you justify owning machine gun? It's just something to have. It, it's because the law says I can't. The law doesn't say I can't. Yeah. And it's fine. And, and, I, and I'm storing it. And I'm storing it properly. Safely. Pro- safely yeah. in, in in my in my in, in a secret location. In a secret location. Yeah. Um, but um, that's that's what it boils down to. But then you also, uh, it's just it's something. You don't have to have a Ferrari. No. But if you can afford one. Yeah. Wouldn't you have one? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if I had that money, I'd probably buy something else. But I'd probably have Ferrari along the way. But some, yeah, but yeah and I just mean, to look at and, and anything and, else. And some might argue, well, it's like you know, you don't need a race car, you don't need a car, you don't need a shotgun to go clay shoot, and you don't need anything. Yeah. You need a loincloth and a cave and a spear, but you <laughs> right. know, we've progressed beyond that, and we're capitalists, so sure, we can sure. have what we want. No, I get that. Um, I suppose that's just a very English way of thinking about it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The justification. I mean, because I mean, Christ, I've got to justify every rifle I own for a specific reason um and i guess that's just in my head that you have to justify everything to own it and i i am not pro machine gun in this country i don't i don't see the need sure however i would like to be able to go to a registered range and use one in this country because i feel like at the same time that shouldn't be an issue right um potentially and one the one of the funny things though and I'll, i'll try to be very brief about this is that there's not very many machine guns that can be owned by uh, civilians in the United States. There's, I think, maybe of a quarter of a million, and it's due to certain laws that have been passed over the years that there's a fixed number of them. You can't have any more that go into the registry. It's what's called transferable. But uh, as I understand it... There's so that's right. There's only a certain amount of machine guns in the U.S. or a certain amount of people who can have them or a certain amount that you can own. There's a certain Personally. amount that can be owned by civilians. Oh, those are what's cool. called, referred to as transferables. Okay, and so those, there is literally a maximum capacity of machine guns 
so you can't create more machine guns. You Somebody can, has to die no. to release their machine guns into the market, essentially. Right, or sell them, sell them back into the, into the market. That's fascinating. But um, now the thing is, though... So can we just clarify sure. machine gun? Because in my head, I'm, uh, we're probably talking about different things. Uh, a machine gun is basically... A fully auto in, in the United States, it, it's defined as you pull the trigger and you get more than one round to come out of the gun okay. in that function of the trigger. A fully automatic gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, I mean, you can get submachine guns, you can get... So that, so that goes from an Uzi to an MG42 to a 50 cal Browning. Yes. To anything that goes da 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 da, da. Yes. You pull it and it doesn't stop until it's empty. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, you don't have to say it. What machine gun do you own? I own a registered receiver M16. Cool. A proper old... Fashioned M16, I take it. Uh, it's not. Well, it's it's. Or have you changed it? Oh, I've changed else. it because because yeah, yeah. that's it, what it's for. It's, it's 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 kind of the it's kind of the the that platform and also AR15s is kind of the erector set for, and I think you guys maybe have erector sets over here or something uh, similar to, or or Mechanic. Legos or whatever. Yeah. It's um, for for adults. Because there's so many things you can do. Yeah, you, you don't need to be a qualified gunsmith. Ten times is the same. You don't need to be yeah. a qualified gunsmith because it is literally not not it. Put that bit in. All right. There's, and I presume that with the AR or the M16, it's the lower that's registered. It is the lower that's. So registered. you can change caliber. You can change everything on. Yes, it. and so that's 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 one. That's the, that's, the that's, that's the that's the appeal of that so one in particular. Your one registered machine gun can be twenty registered machine guns. Uh, yeah. Under one registered machine gun, so you can have a 300 blackout, uh, six five. Uh, two, two, three. You could have whatever you wanted based around your lower because right. Whatever, whatever will go through lower. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating. What do you think of our gun laws? I think they're a bit restrictive in most in most instances. Um, in in particular, with uh, obviously, well, you know, you get into the whole question of well, what do you really need a handgun for? And, you can you could argue that till the cows come home, on, on that it's just well some people again, say it's a right some people I don't really care about machine guns I want to go play with them but I don't right. feel, I, again I said it'd be nice to use them at ranges but I'm optimistic I do feel like we should be able to I don't feel like I mean I'm a, I'm a classic fud mate but, but I, I think that if I can use it for hunting I'm cool but this this was the topic where 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 we needed Tom was it Tom remember we talked about Tom the guy with the uh, helped out with the um, he was in one of the videos. Oh, uh, TJ Tom. Yeah, uh, not yeah, yeah. TJ Tom. Uh, Tom from SRS Power. Maybe, yeah, because I think he said he started he started down that path. Yeah, and we cancelled that pretty quick. <laughs> it's quite a political hotbed of... <laughs> that has got certain other YouTubers in trouble for that kind of opinion. Okay. I'm, I, I am a proper fud. Um, and that's fine. And I don't have... A, as, long as, as long as you're not trying to knock down my door to take away my stuff, I, I, don't I care could care it. less. I, but I am it, a live and let liver. Yeah. If the world just was a bit more like that and was less full of assholes, we wouldn't have any issues. Well, we wouldn't have nearly as many laws either because usually it's all these assholes could, that are you creating could, yeah, laws. Yeah, you could trust people to just... Right. You could still leave your front door unlocked. And... Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, back in the... I'm if back... everybody had to like pass a test and be a qualified not-asshole, <gasps> yeah. wouldn't that be amazing? Well, uh, sometimes I think it boils down to perspective too. One person's asshole is not the... Not another's, yeah. but... I think anybody who breaks into someone else's property, that's, oh, that, yeah. that's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, what I, the thing I was going to tell you that since since they enacted the registry for machine guns, yeah. shotgun, short barrel shotguns, and all that, the, stuff. I guess there was pressure against that from pro gun people. Uh, 
I don't know about back in '34. Oh, which is a long time ago. Oh yeah, that's. I yeah, mean, yeah. there's three three main gun control acts in the United States: one in '34, one in '68, and one '86. And I don't remember the details, the main, uh, all the details of them. But the but the one that started the registry for machine guns that started just a registry, not the 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 ban on the the the, the cap. Tr- the, 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 cap. The caps came in 68 on imports and 86 on, on um, domestically manufactured. Okay. But going back to 34 is when they started the registry where every one of these things, had to, the government had to know exactly where every one of them was. And since that date, unless the, unless the statistic has changed, there's only been two people murdered with the machine gun that was lawfully possessed at the time it was... I guess, a bit like that, you've got to go through extra tests or stresses or financial extras to own one, so why would you risk it? Right, right. There's a 200... Well, and especially with... Well, and people get kind of concerned about giving up their fingerprints and photograph and all that stuff why? To, to, to the government. I don't know. They'll, they'll find it anyways. It. There's a mixture of big brotherism and sort of saying, oh, I don't want to, and then going, well, you're never going to need it. Right, because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that leads that leads me into the um, the thing that we both one of the commonalities that we both have are moderators. But the difference being, in this country, they treat moderators the same thing as just a bolt action rifle. Yeah. Oh, and luckily they're actually making it even less so. They're changing the law. Hopefully, or something they've changed the guidance that now that they are they're just a thing. They don't worry about it too much. As you need permission to own it, but it's not like a rifle where if you get rid of one, you need to replace it with another. If you're changing like for like a 30 cal mod for a 30 cal mod, send them an email. But that's it. So luckily, they're actually making it easier for us, which is wonderful. Well, in the United States, the moderators are the suppressors are um, are considered in the same. You have to go through the same scrutiny as to buy a machine gun. And that's because snipers use them in movies. I guess. Yes, I, that's that, that's, that's that? well, I, that's yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a little bit of a there's a stigma, but then you also go back to the whole thing of, of of um. Oh shoot. Oh John, I just had a brain fart. Anyways, um. I'll talk for a second while okay, brain okay, Sure, sure, sure. Um, so the way moderators worked here is, of course, when I was a kid, they were real hard to get. No one had them. Mm-hmm. I nobody wanted them because they were crap anyway. Right. Um, and then, probably 15 years ago, yeah, it must be about 15 years ago, they started to gain popularity and they started to be handed out more. And a lot of that was to do with, um, I don't know what it is, public perception changing a lot as mm-hmm. well. People wanted to be a little bit more subtle about what we were doing. Right. Um, as well as the other fringe benefits. It's easier to shoot a moderated rifle. They're quieter. You don't have to wear ear defenders. Your brain isn't ringing after. There's there's a lot of benefits to side. And now we're at a point that if someone fires an unmoderated rifle, everybody sort of turns around and goes, what the hell was that? And if someone turns up with a rifle that isn't screw cut downstairs, you go, I don't really want it because that's going to be a really hard sell. Because right. you want it screw cut because 98% of people is going to have a moderator on their rifle if they're using it for hunting. And that's purely, I think, now because if, like I said, the public heard a bang, oh my god! Whereas we have to be a little bit more subtle about what we do, even though you still like pulling the trigger and feeling a gun actually go off is quite a nice thing. Well, and that's, um, and, and we, that as, as in the more recent years, they've obviously become more popular because people find out, oh, I can, I can actually own one of those? Okay, great, but then there's we have things called trusts. Well, tr- like a trust, 
but what they they had some law changes recently where it used to be that if you had normally speaking you can't share anything in the NFA registry the yeah. short barrel shotguns uh, machine guns destructive devices that kind of stuff moderators you couldn't if you were an American citizen I couldn't just hand you a suppressor or any of those other things and, right. and, and so walk you away. could hand someone a shotgun though. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd like just like you know, you know, I mean, just just like if you just like giving you a candy bar, but you can't. You can't do it. You, with lose, the you can't lose control. No, you can't lose with with all those things in the NFA. You can't lose control of. So if you explain to me quickly, because this is a point of confusion certainly, and something a uh, point a uh, topic of conversation has come up quite regularly. Could I go to America and buy a pistol privately? as a non-resident, or even as a resident, how, how hard is it for you to go, if someone came to you, not for you, so for example, two citizens, two regular blokes, right. chatting at a bar, one's got a pistol, the other one doesn't, can I buy that from you? What needs to happen at that point? Depends on, at, currently, it depends on what state you live in. Right. There is, some, can, there is there, currently there's no law against private sales of firearms. Right. And what you need Virginia. to do as part of that private sale, nothing. As little as much as you want. So it's, you, it's, it's up to the... Intelligent, you probably keep a record of where it's gone. Yeah. But you don't need to by law. No. Right. What about me? Could I... And I'm, I've no intentions of this, obviously. Right, right. Obviously. Okay. Um, I go to America. I go to some guy. Guy's got a pistol. Can I buy that from you? I, I would... I believe that that would not be legal because... Um, but seems it's not registered or traced... I'm so you could do you can do anything you want. I but mean, it you can would do not anything be within the law. I don't think it would be within the law because well, yeah, from, be from, from the standpoint, I would think it would. Well, I think it would be. Well, the only things that are typical bolt actions and, and Remy Seven Hundred, like any, any of the any of the stuff that's not NFA, isn't registered federally. It can only it would Literally only be, no one cares where it is. Uh, some states caught states or municipalities or something will will require that you register it with them. Okay. So there is some other small registries, but there's not a federal registry of everything, because that's okay. where that's where I think that that that's another thing the Big Brother issue and yeah. you know, with the slippery slopes and you know once they get power they're going to take stuff and all that and and I'm sure I'll make a lot of people on both sides of the argument really unhappy when I say this. Um, I would not be against a registry of more stuff in our country, but it would have to come with a constitutional amendment basically protecting the rights of the people yeah. that have anything in that registry to basically say, you can't take away classes of certain, fi you can't just say we're going to confiscate all yeah. this, this type of firearm or from this group. You keep your rights, but they know who's got what. Right. And that the only way that they could use that registry is if you've if the, uh, on a person by person basis. If well, it'd be nice if they're going like to a house to know if there's guns in it. Sure. Um, see, I I probably piss people off in the same. I I believe the same thing. I, I like our licensing system. I like the fact that everyone knows who's got what, and the police know who's got what. Mm -hmm. and there's nothing illegal floating around, and there's 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 a huge positive side to that. There right. is a huge positive side to that, and actually, why not? Again, boils down to I'm not breaking the law, and I, I don't mean it in an I'm all right, Jack way. But if you are going to break the law, you shouldn't deserve a gun. 
I, I mean, that's, well, that's, that's very British thing. Is I see it as a privilege to own right. a gun, whereas you probably see it as a right to own a gun. Right, with the second and that's, amendment. And that's a huge sure. barrier between both of our cultures sure. right there. Sure. Is that I, that I don't feel like certain people should be allowed guns to. And, and again, though, the, 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 differ, the, the, the really the main difference in the... Um, Again, I, I'm sure I'm sure that any of my pro-gun friends will probably be staring at me cross-eyed the next time they see me if they see this see this video when I talk about a registry and being potentially for adding stuff into a registry. But again, if you put if you put that if you put that check in there, that safeguard, that one safeguard, where you have a constitutional amendment, which is really hard to undo once you've done it. Do you think that mentally ill people should be allowed guns as part of that registry? No. Um, no, um, but I've, do you I, think people with depression should be allowed those kind of pop guns as part of that? That's an interesting topic because how do you how do you judge depression? Because we we, we run into a lot of these things where like, medicated have, depression, medicated depression. That's a tough one, but on the, on the whole, I would say if you have to be medicated to control something like that, I think there's the problem of it, what happens if you go off your meds? Who's there to make sure you're on your meds? And you can make a I can make a lot of it's people. It's a real difficult yes, one. Yeah, and I can make a, anybody I, by having this conversation. No, yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's something that oh, it, it's an it's not an issue in this country. It's something that happens in this country is that if you have depression, you will not get a firearms license. 99.9% of the time. But I think I've understood and I could be wrong that you can if the if the if you have if you go through a phase where you're having problems, mm-hmm. they might take your stuff away from you. You get it back, but you can get it back if a doctor clears you. Yes, and they will usually have a little bit of a cool off period as well. Sure, sure. And I say a little bit like a license term. It'd be 5 years, 3 mm-hmm. or 5 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not against anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I don't really understand the issue well enough or I am too torn on the issue to have, to put my opinion across without it being probably half educated and half baked. Right. Sorry. I, I mean, I don't know, I find the whole American gun thing. I, I, I do feel like we deserve, as England are saying it, because unfortunately for us we get lumped in as a gun culture alongside yours even though people don't really understand the english gun culture or understand anything but everyone sees america and goes guns are evil over here and you go well they're not you don't really understand the guns over here mean a very different thing and mm-hmm. have a massively different history because obviously um we are not a country of the people quite in the same context as you are whereas you you fought for your country against us <laughs> and then against each other mm-hmm. um it's just very different hugely different cultures and yes. I think and I blame you entirely for a lot of the issues that we have in the public eye with our gun culture um, no not quite that bad but I think there's, a, there's an amazing thing and we always say that if we didn't speak the same language no one would give a shit about either culture we, right. we, they would be non-linked they're, they're similar enough but there's so many differences that well, I mean, there's enough. There's enough gun cultures in other. In, I mean, other countries. But people don't there's care a, about them because they speak foreign language. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much. Movies. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Which is always fascinating. Yeah. Um, let's move off of this rather contentious subject okay. of gun. Yeah, so let's let's get on let's get onto something where we don't get ourselves in too much more trouble than we already have. Yeah, I'm sorry, having like heart palpitations over the whole oh, thing. Oh, I'm not. Expecting I'm just a phone gonna... call any minute, being called out as a bloody communist. <laughs> 
Claire, it shouldn't be too far from the truth, but I do believe that the rights that we have in this country are fairly solid, and I don't care what the Americans do because it's your country and you're perfectly entitled to your own way. But I kind of do agree with you that some kind of registry and any kind of regulation, as long as it is not oppressive and is not over complex, and is not a bad thing. Now, wait a minute, we're talking about the government complex? <laughs> Come on. I'm sure your government is no different from ours in that respect. Yeah, no, simplicity wouldn't, wouldn't come into it, unfortunately. Hey-ho. I know, we started talking about machine guns. That's cool. Um, are machine guns expensive? Uh, they are getting there exponentially, in, in an exponential fashion. Um, I'll give you an example, the machine gun that I own. If you'd bought that when they first had the Gun Control Act of 1986, you could buy it for $500. Mm -hmm. Ready. When, I, when I bought mine, well, and I'll keep throwing numbers out, yeah. when I bought mine in 2003, it was $5,000. Which to me seems quite reasonable for a machine gun. Well, for an automatic rifle. Right, and, and the fact that you know, the whole supply and demand thing, this isn't the kind of the same typical thing that you, you learn in school about supply and demand. Supply usually means more stuff's being manufactured no, no. and it's just the rate it's being manufactured. Yeah. There's nothing to be manufactured, it's just there's a fixed number of these things being yeah. traded around and uh, there's I'm more people... Like, like with anything, like any collectible in this country is there'll be one bloke who has a disproportionate amount to himself right. and can, doesn't care because that restricts the market further. It's not like you're fighting the fact there's not that many and everyone has a fair share. It's the fact that a couple of collectors probably have like a thousand each or something mm -hmm. and then that's restricting even further and then you put a motion into the supply and demand chain and that even blows that out of the water even more because somebody values their gun higher because they've got emotional value not just the value right. of supply and demand would dictate and suddenly it's the constant spiral of things being worth 20 times more than they should be sorry sure. continue what's so, it worth now you paid 16 years ago it was I grand. could probably get it. I could probably, I easily could probably get fifteen thousand out oh of it. Oh my god! Uh, maybe on a good day, maybe as much as eighteen. But see, mine doesn't even have any pedigree. That's the other thing. Now back, and like, this is exactly the same as a semi-automatic version, but just with a slot, just with a slightly different trigger set. A slightly it. different trigger set in one hole. So basically, yeah. you take in the eyes of the ATF. If you took that receiver and you put a hole. The right size hole in the right location, or even remotely close to it, to click around that one. That, that would that would be well. There's there's a lot of there's a few yeah. extra bits that go in. Uh, but it's not over complicated. It's exactly it's, the same bar, maybe ten dollars worth of parts, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but you put that one hole in the receiver, sands anything else. That's become that's become a machine gun. That's that's and you've you've manufactured a machine gun. So nobody did, nobody nobody with any brains would do wow. that. But that's the only, that's really the only, in, in their what eyes. What would it cost if it was a fully semi-automatic gun? <laughs> oh, fully semi-automatic, you, yeah, you, you can get those as cheap as, I've seen some for under $400. My gosh. Yeah, just an AR-15, just an AR-15. The cheapest ones I've seen recently are as low as like $369, $379. Now, you, you know, you're talking about shooting a four-inch group at 100 yards, which is... Acceptable. Uh, I guess so. so. I, just for something uh, to go out and shoot... We have a thing here just... called the uh, DSC, the Deer Stalking Certificate, and there's level one and level two. Level one requires a shooting test, and all it requires you to do is put four shots in a four-inch circle at 100 yards prone, 70 yards sitting, and 40 yards off of a stand. 
and okay. any of those you can use supports so you can use a bipod okay. you can shoot sticks normally funny i've got a customer he went on his dsc he said do you mind if i just shoot all of them from 100 yards standing off sticks and he just went bang 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 he says look do you mind i've saved myself some ammo i don't fancy shooting the rest of it that's fine because you could shoot like that off the sticks at 100 yards mm -hmm. but it was designed at a time when rifles were less accurate mm -hmm. a moderate rifle in a small caliber is like shooting an air gun sorry continue but no anyway i don't think four inches is that bad it's um which what uh we call minute a deer. Yeah, yeah. It's not about minute of angle, about minute well, a deer. Well, as long as you can put it somewhere in the brown bit in the front half, sure. the thing's going to fall over. Well, then there could be. Then there's that whole argument of, well, can you use an AR? And like, well, if you use the right caliber and you put it in the right place, not for deer, if we're just talking. Is about there deer. a minimum legal deer caliber? Uh, straight wall in what? Again, state by state. Your state. My state. Straight wall cartridge must be at least a. Straight walled cartridge. Like a like a like a three fifty seven or a forty four or something. Oh, non neck down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, straight wall cartridge must be at least three fifty five, or three thirty five caliber, thirty five caliber. So and that's a head, not a length. That's ironic, isn't it? So is there velocity that goes with that? No. <laughs> so you go take a thirty eight special. If you're an asshole. Smack a deer. Yeah, if you're an asshole. What about? But again, I guess, neck, I guess I guess it's What about a neck down bullet? Uh, oh shoot. Could you take a two two three and go shoot a deer? I think oh gosh, I think legally you can, but most people don't shoot anything less than a two forty three. And a two forty three will do the job if you put it in the right place, but I'm always you, know, oh, you shoot stuff in the head, it falls over pretty quick with yeah, a two two three. Yeah. Uh but I just I tend to I just tend to stick with something that'll put a big Relatively big holes, so I stick with yeah. I stick with thirty caliber. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I love big stuff. Six it makes or, me feel more manly. Oh, yeah. Pseudo masculine bullshit. Well, but I'm a great believer in it. Well, no, I'm bigger just... bangs. I don't shoot enough not to not to get the maximum pounding out of my gun every time I pull the trigger. Right. Well, I'd have a three hundred one mag if I wanted that. Yeah, a no, three thirty eight mag. Yeah, that's expensive to shoot, so it's a fine balance. Something like a yes. thirty six is common enough that a box of Remington's is only twenty two quid, and I don't mind shooting it. Right. Or if I want to go nice, even a box of Barnes is only like fifty quid. But your fringe wind mag, you can add like another thirty percent. Right. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, shooting. Oh, I'm gonna go back to shooting deer quickly. Body, heart, lung, lungs, heart, head, neck. Any particular preference, as a as a sort of as a society. Do people head shoot? Yes. Regularly? Uh, probably not that much. Next, oh, so it's mostly heart and lung, I guess. I think most people go heart and lung because yeah. if it's 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 a little bit bigger target. I think if you know what if you know what you're doing and you're comfortable with it, I'll, that you might neck shoot because I I have neck shot one deer yeah. and it it's a it clean, went it's clean. It, it went down oh, really yeah. quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, ballistic tip versus soft point. Any preference as a community? Uh, or do people not really care? I think it just, it's, it's, it's all over the place. It, it can yeah. be boiled down to, oh, just give me a box of shells. You know. That's my they, kind of guy. Yeah, they, 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 they're not really, they're not too concerned. Hell, half the Because they, they understand that if you shoot something with 100 plus grains of lead going real fast, regardless of what's in it, the thing's going to die pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then there's people that want to have, that just for whatever I'm reason. Ex federal, this I want federal, federal premium safari with yeah, the yeah. ballistic uh, tip. But I need this batch number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of that, because that shoots the best. That that batch has shot the best in my gun so far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think anyone who gets that anal needs to buy himself a press. Start loading themselves, personally. 
but uh, I just myself, yeah, federal power shock, yeah, 150 grain, soft point, that yeah, cheap or 30 odd six. Well, 308 or 30 odd six. Yeah. I haven't brought out the odd six in a while, I've been shooting mostly 308 lately. Um, for we, we call it 3806. I'm not really sure where. I'm guessing that's just a cultural thing more than anything. Not where it really matters whatsoever. Um, let's go back to guns. Okay. Yeah. Handguns. We haven't touched on handguns. God, we're not oh. allowed handguns here at all. You know. And we can own it's a like, straight pull AR. It's not quite the same. We can own a semi-automatic 2-2. You can, you, well, you can have black powder revolvers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not really a hand. I mean, it's, it's kind of yeah, like anti. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bang, and a lot of smoke, and a lot. Of, they're, they're very fun, um, right. and they're they're a good target. They're not fun. They're a great target sports asset for something. They're they're they're, awesome. they're great fun, but they're not the same. You can't shake the shells afterwards. Right, right, and, exactly. Or, and you can't go pop 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 pop. And you can own a long barrel two two, and you can own a long barrel revolver with in three fifty seven. Or any caliber, to be honest. You can own long barrel pistol bolt guns as well, and mm. there's big sort of bench rest match shoots with those, but they're not really pistols. So, what, do you feel sorry for us? In a way, in a way, but I mean, every society, uh, yeah. every again, it boils down to every society is going to have their share of assholes, and it just depends on how that society decides to deal with to yeah. deal with those assholes. If they decide to deal with them specifically, or they decide to punish every, punish of, yeah, everybody as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't again. I'll, I don't feel the need to own a pistol. Um, I, don't, I mean, I never, I never sit there at night and dream about it. I know there are certain people in our gun There's certain people in our gun community uh, that, that do obviously are very pro-pistol and very pro-pro-Americanization of our gun culture. I don't. I say I don't. I don't lie awake at night going, I wish I could own a machine. That's a, I wish I could have a go on a machine gun, I and mean, that's probably different. You know, there's certain sort of historic machine guns that I wish I could go on mm-hmm. because obviously. The history, yeah, sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'd I'd love to have a go on many machines. I could list them all, but it's not really that exciting. But I'm not. I don't. I don't know. Again, I'm fine. I'm happy with what I got. I don't feel stay awake at night going. I wish I could have a pistol. Well, and it's it's just it's what you grew up with. That's yeah. what it, that's what it boils down to. It's the culture. However, that you if grew they up tried with. and if they said you can't have a bolt action rifle, I go that's shite. I need that. That's my. I I, I feel like that's, sorry. Right. I feel like that's my right. But right. you know, I can see that. There's a generation that could have pistols, they can't have them. I can see that there is, you wouldn't like it if someone took your pistols away. No. Because you've never done anything wrong with them. A bit like right. someone says, we're going to ban cars over 120 horsepower because you don't need them. Right. I'll They're be just fuel that. guzzlers. Yeah. I'll be against that. Yeah, you don't need them. But you don't need a house with more bedrooms than you, than you, have, you people. have people. In fact, technically, you could probably do with two, in, two to one. Well, in the States, we even have houses occasionally, some of the newer builds I've seen, that have more bathrooms than they have bedrooms. Go figure that one out. Well, to be fair, I don't guess in my well, toilet. That, well, no, no, no. I have standards. Well, <laughs> not really. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, well, I mean if you, you, you can if, get opulent. There's, there's a certain degree of opulence that's acceptable, and then there's a certain degree of opulence that I suppose is equally as acceptable because anything over a standard grey uniform, grey house, this many rooms, this many children, right. grey car supplied by. The government, but no, you but can't. Then, it's a community but, bus you got to get on. It actually becomes. At what point? The human psyche needs to enjoy itself. We're literally geared for it, aren't mm-hmm. we? I mean, our brains inject nice chemicals into our body to make us feel good every time yeah. something good happens. All right. And we're all addicts for dopamine, aren't we? Sure. sure. Uh, and buying new shit and having good shit mm-hmm. is a dopamine trigger. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with feeling good, and uh, I think it's it's hard where you draw the line with any of these things mm-hmm. as to. 
how much how much opulence is too much opulence how much waste is too much waste I don't know um handguns did yeah. you have anything more specific <laughs> sorry did you have anything each other this is what I'm trying to say did you have anything more specific that, that we, because I, I'm sorry I'm a bit I just had a midlife crisis on camera I'm apparently contagious when it comes to dangers. Uh, to, to unfortunately mate I'm the same all the time uh, <laughs> so handguns yeah uh what was the initial question well did you have any specific questions for I mean we started talking uh, a little no, bit about uh, not really they're cool aren't they yeah what's your favorite handgun Smith & Wesson M&P. A fully automatic handgun is a machine gun, I take it as well. Yes. Okay. Have you shot a Desert Eagle? Yes. Was not pleasant. It, it tried to tear my thumb. I, I don't. I swear I had a good grip on the gun, and I don't know how the gun got a hold of it, but it, I felt like it tried to tear my tear my thumbnail off. It's not something that's... It's, it's not much fun. It's hard to hold on to because the grip right. is literally so big. I mean, I've shot other guns. like There's like a Smith & Wesson... She said... A Smith and Wesson, uh, one of the fifty Smith, uh, five hundred Smith and Wesson magnums. Yeah, yeah. one of those huge, huge, yeah, obnoxious yeah. bastards. I shot snub nose, and that was not pleasant. But at least I could hold on to the yeah, yeah. thing. I mean, the Desert Eagle just literally like. Now you might have actually have half a chance with no, it because you, get, you actually get your fingers farther around it. But um, yeah, it was it was. I shot one, but that was a five, and that was a fifty Action Express. That you know, three fifty seven one would probably be. Very manageable. Yeah, I mean, inevitably, yeah. But yeah. if you shoot Desert Eagle, it needs to be the big one. Sure, sure. Just like anything else, if you're going to get one chance to shoot a yeah, machine gun, what are you going to shoot? You're going to shoot whatever you, whatever bit, the hell you think is the like buying a V6 Mustang. It's just not a real Mustang. No. There's a certain things in life you just can't cut back on. Oh, we even make four-cylinder ones. You know yeah, about the we have that, the, yeah. the EcoBoost. Yes. I've made them. I actually bought one immensely fast. Yes, they quite are quite nice. Drives really well. But handgun questions? Any more handgun? I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm, it's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm causing this as much as anybody. Um, I don't really have that many because it's not something I know a huge amount about. Right. Um, and that's kind of depressing. And again, like I said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't you know didn't... anything about it because well, it's not something that's pertinent to my life. And right. I feel kind of guilty because obviously it's such a, it's probably something that you could talk about for hours on end, and I just go. Yeah, you get the ones that you put the bullets in, and you get the ones you can fan, and you get the ones that you can do like this. Um, and then you have the ones with the belts that go along like that. Yeah, and they look really cool oh, if no, you hold two of them. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's not the belts. I'm sorry, we're on handguns. I'm going back to machine guns. I'll tell you what, that would be cool if you could yeah, proper belt-fed machine I just find it amazing. You can own a belt-fed machine gun. Um, There's a few other countries that allow stuff like that. There's, um, oh, mate, you can shoot them. Mate. You can shoot them on the continent. Um, but what? they don't speak English. So what's, this conversation would be really hard. What's, uh, what's, uh, what's the place they have the... Um, oh, Packham had a... I hate to bring him up. Oh, but sorry. he had some you kind of... You have your fair share of the same he, he had some kind of... He tried stirring up some shit. And it wasn't Morocco or... Um, you're going to bleep the shit, right? It's all right. Okay. No, it's all right. We're, we're an adult channel. Okay. Like 90% uh, of our viewers are over 18. It was, it was, it was some place... Malta, maybe. Yeah. Malta, he was going to... People can own machine guns in Malta. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just crazy. But you know There's... what? The Maltese do so much for wildlife. Because they've had to. Because obviously the pressures have been on over the last 40 years. Everyone hates the Maltese because they shoot birds. They've got insanely strict bag limits. I think they get derided. I think there was a, a, a figure on it. They shoot like such a small amount. Uh-huh. Um, uh, like uh, tens of thousands versus the millions of doves that get killed on the continent. Mm-hmm. Everyone hates them. <laughs> 
it's just an easy target, isn't it? I just find the whole thing, it's just, it's mainstream media and anti, not even, I don't even like the word antis, just liars. Mm-hmm. Propagandist liars. All right. Um, who don't really understand something, but they make a good living out of it. Mm-hmm. And like, if you want to fight for a cause, I feel at least it should be a worthy one. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to come to me and say, look, Malta do a great job, perhaps, let's not leave Malta out of it. If you want to like pick on someone who kills too many of something, mm-hmm. don't find someone who actually does that. Mm-hmm. But Packham is a man who has an opinion about that. And I feel like his opinion is propagandist and wrong. Do you think I found his trigger? <laughs> John's trigger. <laughs> Retarded wildlife management. Um, like, it's hard enough to look after the planet and wildlife as it is without people uh, telling lies, making people hate you, which is what it is, and and just getting things wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, like getting stuff wrong. And I get stuff wrong all the time. But it's innocent. Like, right, right. And know, there's I, just, just, yeah, yeah. Like going, or you say something about something and perhaps you were confused, but literally standing up and telling blatant lies about anything. And I expect you probably have it with gun rights and gun stuff in America. And you yeah. certainly do because well, I watch enough I, stuff. And, I, and I, to, it's just, know that it's, it is, but a lot of the arguments, uh, like fully I mean, semi automatic. Yeah. And, well, just that, that stuff, but at the same time, there's, there's advocates for our rights that I think could argue things so much better mm-hmm. and it's just it seems like it's the same old hat old hat i think that's the term just, yeah. it's it's the same spiel regurgitated shit it just yeah. just the same catchphrases and stuff like that and it's just i think they it could be done better i'm glad we have them the, the big groups and you probably well, know who, you probably group. know who i'm talking about that one big group owns yeah. every other group yeah but they just i just would like to see them argue it in a more enlightening enlightening manner like, I wish our groups would actually argue anything in the first place yeah. to put anything across but you are at least blessed with a larger community that fights very different fights to what we have to fight well at least we don't, luckily they don't really come after our guns that often apart from recently they came after our Libra release guns and Mars guns which is a bit a bit harsh because actually there is certainly a place for them um, but hey what are you going to do nothing nothing <laughs> there's nothing you can do um here's another one um and a final one oh, i want to know about british people i want to hear dan's opinion on british yeah people what do you think of us people. as a culture like we said about culture shocks but how do we weigh up against americans and you've seen a I diverse think... section you've seen someone from Fairham. you've seen a few people from the country you've seen some guys from london you met the other day as well Most and you've even been up north yeah and you survived <sighs> <sighs> Well, I didn't look like a. I didn't look like a. Uh, what was that? Was it? A, was it a Springer? Was it a? Was it a Springer that was mistaken for a fox? Oh god, yeah. Because we drove. Yeah. We drove right by. We drove right by uh, where that supposedly happened. Where apparently. Where it did, not it supposedly. Did it did happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. It did happen. But the place that where they where uh, Ryan yeah. Ryan thought Ryan was or it was yeah we drove right by him like really. But um, so yeah, uh, but nothing. I, I I try not to look like dress up like a fox. Although I've got an interesting picture, I'll show you off offline of a fox in the back of somebody's vehicle, and not a live one. No, oh, well, that's a good but thing. You, you'll get a kick out of this when you see it. But, cool. um, so British people, British people. I think y'all talk funny. Everyone says we swear more and are more bitter. 
Nah, you. I wouldn't say so. I've, well, maybe it's just it's just. Uh, you just hang out with a decent well, bunch of people. I, I, back well, home, I don't, no, 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 I, no. I just hang out with a group of people that that will tend to drop f bombs whenever, whenever needed or whenever it's felt. Um, but no, I, I honestly, to be honest, I don't see that much. I don't see really hardly any difference. That's I mean, fascinating. Because I'll go into what you guys. Well, they're not WalMarts or anything, or even quite close to WalMarts, but. You know, you kind of get the impression that you know. You see looking at you, looking at looking at Sasha, looking at David, just most of them. Everybody looks pretty fit. Well, you when you see when way. I see when I see the when I see the gun shop stuff, Where? everybody looks pretty fit. So fit I, I get guy. I get in my I get that in my head. Well, I go around and it's like I see just as many different sizes and shapes. I see all the same sizes and shapes here that yeah, I see back I'm, I'm home. On that. I'm not so, convinced that so what you're saying is we need to put a decent cross section on the channel of uh, sizes and shapes. That's right. definitely not what you were saying. I think what you were saying. No. No, well, hey, that's listen, you I felt, listen, listen, listen. That's all I heard. <laughs> I heard well, Johnny well, and well, Sasha hey, are fit. Well, yeah. well, see, hey, I, you, you've already got one. You've already got. You've added one. Yeah. By me because I'm kind of shorter and heavier and. You've got forearms that could break a man's like whole yeah. body. Uh, maybe maybe twenty years ago, when uh, I was when I was really, truly fit. They're dangerous forearms. You when I look you at still you, want you? You're just myself. trying to get me to arm wrestle. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> I've my you're just humiliating. It'd be sad. Yeah. Anyway, so there is no difference whatsoever. That's, that's interesting. Well, not I, nothing noticeable. No, because uh, I, I I just don't see that. I would, th you'd think you'd start noticing after two weeks, but you know everybody seems. If anything, on the roads, you guys are definitely more polite, because in because in the states, at least people I'm around, they'll just try, they'll do everything they can to stop you from, you know, if they need to merge over or something. No man, and, um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, we there, we there is road rage certainly, but I think generally in traffic we're pretty good. But then we're we're renowned for being good at queuing and being polite, so yeah, we are. Right. There are certain times and days where everybody obviously just like, no, piss off. You're not coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> Having a bad day. I'm going to make your day worse. You always try and like make it up, don't you? You always like, you're like, no, no. Oh, you have a day we go, let everyone out. Everyone come in. Be in front of me. I'm not in a rush. And everyone behind you. So then, bang on the horns. <laughs> anyway, now it's moving off subject once again. Uh, you think that we're all slightly different. What was the thing? You interrupted. I had an amazing question. My question was just about English people. Yeah. Your question was you had one more topic you wanted to say to close with, I can't remember what it was. No, it's dead. Oh, we moved on. on. Um, Getting that brain of yours. Guns, something to do with guns? Probably. I just suppose it doesn't really matter. Um, how's the gun shop way up in reality? Mm. It's a pretty cool place. It's a, it's a little, it's like, well, that's the thing is, I've only been to a couple of gun shops and Nothing's huge, but I guess at the same time, neither is the market. <laughs> neither, neither is the market or the or the or the or the diversity of guns. I mean, that's kind of the thing why you have, you can have like really big, extensive gun shops in the mm. states is because there's just this much larger. Well, you diversity need uh, of guns. low for bolt actions. You need low for ARs. You need shotguns. You need low for semi-autos. You need mm. probably half the same space for pistols. Right. Yeah. Whereas we got. Shotguns, rifles, and air guns, and a fairly limited selection and limited market for each, mm -hmm. obviously. But much, much, 
prettier than anything that I'm the no, most sure. stuff that I that I'm used to. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's just I mean I, I look at some of the guns down there and they're just they're they're, they're gorgeous and I'm like my first my first thought is if having something like that it's like what's, what happened to you, you scratch it it's like one of those things where you buy a brand new truck first thing you should do is just go out and scratch the damn thing put it in just, a hedge yeah, and, yeah. and just and just get it over with yeah first thing I did with mine unfortunately I um, picked a rotavator up not a rotavator a trump, stump grinder up and I chucked it in the back and thought nah that'd be fine and driving out of the yard where I hired it from there was like three speed bumps mm -hmm. and I ratcheted it down mm -hmm. not very well it was my mistake because I didn't want to like compress the thing and then Stupid, you know, new truck. You didn't want to like do anything properly because you might hurt. Right. And I put a big old dent in the top of my truck because it rattled over the speed bump and went boom, boom, boom back on the top of the truck. But yeah, and ever since you just go, oh well, no matter. It can't get much worse than this. But back to the shop. I also want to thank you guys, all you guys, folks downstairs and everything. Very appreciate. I much appreciate uh, the hospitality. No, mate, I just uh, you come, you come a long way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I just, it, it, I mean, it just feels like, you know, kindred spirits. Yeah, when, well, it's just sort of one of those things. And well, it's fascinating. And the problem is you never know who's going to walk through the door. And right. as you said, is you never know if someone's going to be what they're like online. Lock cap. Not, it's not cap. So this is my not question. Lies, right? How do you feel like Johnny compares to Johnny in the videos in real life? Is he a same he sort seems, of person? He seems more down to earth and... In, in in person right. and more down to earth more um more like a well, i'll use one of your terms a normal bloke mm -hmm. because you almost come off in the videos i don't know i i and don't take this the wrong way no, 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 is everybody's flawed oh, and i like it. the yeah, fact yeah. that i i see a little I see some flaws in you. Everything in the, 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 the thing seems to go so well, and you're always so super upbeat. Well, in most of them. Now, I know, I know there was a couple of those <laughs> more recent videos where, I mean, I know with, with, the, with the general licenses yeah. and, all that, and all that stir up and controversy that that created, that can, stuff like that can stir emotions. I mean, hell, it stirred emotions in me because of the fact that I, under, I, could, I can well, understand hunt, Hunters are like an international thing, aren't they? Right. They all feel like if something unjust is happening to wildlife, because we are all wildlife lovers in, inherently, uh, be it for our own means, which is fine, that's what we've been doing with the planet for the last 100,000 years. Right. Um, I, yeah, you know, I see a lot of stuff in America, and I'm like, man, that's not right. And I see stuff on the continent happening with the African swine thing, and I go, man, that's just not fair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I should get involved, even though it right. will never affect me. Fingers crossed, never have ASF over here. Um, but Karen, sorry. Mug him off. I was, I'm significantly um, more down to earth and probably more stressy and unhappy in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, that's, oh, yeah. that's it, that's it, maybe that's it. I did see a couple of those, those points. And everybody, everybody gets that way. And everybody everybody, everybody has, has their points of, of, of stress and that just makes you more human and that's what makes you, that's what makes humans interesting is that they, they their differences and their, their just you know because otherwise it just, we'd just be ro humanity, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. otherwise we'd just be damn robots and yeah. life would be pretty freaking boring yeah the whole gray house gray car theory yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly which is why humans can't live like that because we're just intrinsically totally different people right but we can all get on isn't that lovely it is <laughs> i think i just shed a tear man that's the first i didn't, that know, you I didn't know you had emotions <laughs> that was inspirational um definitely johnny is more miserable in real life 
100% Johnny's but more stressed in real life top bloke as good as they come well if, if, if he wasn't showed some stress in real life I'd be concerned for his oh, for his, for his, for his, for his well being because then I would think maybe he, he he's maybe, medicated he's <laughs> medicated yeah <laughs> nah it's been um, it's been brilliant we overran but it's alright only about 22 minutes it's been <laughs> I think we did pretty well I think we did very well I mean, it's Again, there's a lot of topics we can't touch on because actually, politically, there's a huge amount of tension, certainly. And there's a lot of things that we can't even talk about without perhaps being viewed as, uh, whatever the phrase is, things we're probably not supposed to talk about. Right. Uh, again, I could have put, my, I put yeah. my foot in it with that whole thing with, the, with, the, with putting more stuff in a registry. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think there is allowed to be centrism is a great thing. And actually, I think seeing both sides of the argument and not just being a staunch no, they can't have anything and actually going, perhaps there is a better way. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you have to give a little bit. Who knows? But hey, that's enough. Or else we're going to go down about 100 more tangents of beer for the rest of the day. Because okay. I don't think this is the shortest conversation we've had since we've been here because every kind of conversation has been about four and a half hours long. All of which I've thoroughly enjoyed, Dan. Anyway, you're still here for a couple more days and we're going to go out and hopefully try and shoot something on Friday tomorrow. Um, fingers crossed. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Take care, man.